0: Hello, it's Andy here. Uh, Before starting the podcast, I just want to pay a tribute to the uh, late John Madden. Of course, when we recorded a podcast on the Monday night, um, since then, the news did break on the early hours of Thursday morning for UK NFL fans of the death of John Madden at the age of 85. Now, John Madden is a pretty important figure for a lot of UK fans like myself, who got into the sport through the Madden video game franchise. Uh, so I just want to say on behalf of everyone on the podcast and also everyone in general from the UK NFL community, um, just want to pay all my tribute to John Madden and all his family and uh, respect one of the all-time NFL greats. Hello and welcome back to the Euro Trips Across the Pod podcast. We are here for our week 16 review of the NFL, uh, a very Christmas-themed weekend, uh, games on Boxing Day and Christmas Day. Um, and I am here this week with uh, two of my uh, familiar friends that I know from my regular podcast, the Hair Dry Treatment podcast. So I am here this week with returning guests with Luke and Steve. How are you, boys?
1: Hello. Hey, hey we're good. Yeah, yeah, how are you?
0: I'm good, yeah, not too bad. A, a bit nervous about about tonight, but um, yeah, yeah,
2: all good. All yeah. um, you you nervous? I yeah, I, because I know considering the considering the run of form you're on and how your defense, yeah. is, playing, I can't see what. And you're playing against the third string quarterback tonight, fourth, fourth string I think. Book is, but um, it's just fact that we're in
0: the Superdome and it's Sean Payton. I think that job he's done. I think for me to get to get them to what's a seven and seven, seven, eight, whatever they are with. A, what seems like a carousel quarterback and I think it's a credit to Sean Payton's coaching and I think that defense as well you know with um, Cameron Jordan especially it's just a real I think they could easily even though we got what we got backs, that, that that I think that still is a big bonus I think we missed him last week I think two are certainly missed him and I think having a back will be a, be a big bonus for us and our defense is hopefully going to carry on the form that they did concede 20-odd points to the Jets, so hopefully they get back to winning ways. Get back to you know the, the defense we saw before the bye week. Um, it's just that defense, the Saints and Sean Payton, that really worries me, and I think that they
2: have the potential to really disrupt things for me. So um, mm-hmm. I, I if love we... the way you say that that, that two have really missed Jill and Waddle. This is basically that's the story for season two as we're missing a lot of things. Well, until recently, I'd agree, but I think he's been the last ever since
0: the trade deadline you no know, ended. He's been excellent, so I think that says it yep. all about the whole... I mean, I take the Sean Watson in a heartbeat, but I think Sue has been really good. I think he's been excellent. I think that um, he's even making people like Colin Coward regret their choices. So, um, so yeah, mm. I think he's done all right, yeah. But...
2: Cow, Cowpatt's opinion doesn't really matter to me. He's... Really? I,
0: I, I like Coward. I think um, he's... I, I like... Obviously, I like Joy Taylor for a lot of reasons, but I think I do like Colin Coward. I think he's quite... I don't know. I I like, I like the fact he says... He's not afraid of his opinion, and I like that. I think most of what he says is actually for me, um, I think worthwhile. I tend to listen to him more than Chris Sims. I think Chris Sims is someone I listen to far less than, um, than personally. I think there. if, if um,
2: Colin Cowherd and, and Skip, uh, oh, no, were, uh were both drowning afterwards, if, if, if both <laughs> of them were drowning and I had a like a single kind of uh, you know, life preserver, I'd basically put it around my own waist. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. I think from ever since Skip Baylor said Johnny Manziel will be the biggest thing in Cleveland. When I think the Bron was playing there at the time, I think that's um did he say that it'll be bigger than LeBron James in Cleveland? I think he said when um Johnny Manziel was drafted he's, by the brands. There he's are, very
2: big on his hyperbole, as Skip. Um, yeah. but yeah, without wanting to make this an R-rated podcast, <laughs> my opinion of Skip is is not particularly high. No, same with me, especially with all the
0: Dak Prescott stuff where he's yeah, that's not not really. My kind of person ought to be around, but we are digressing. Um, but we do go into the week 16 slate. Um, it was a a good week for the Dolphins, especially with some of the results. But the week started off mm. with the Tennessee Titans beating the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday night football. The last action, and the Fox, I think, is moving to Amazon Prime, but day one 2017, um, in a real completely different second half performance of the first. AJ Brown was was the star of the show. Uh, he was really spectacular mm. and Debo Samuel as well for the, for the uh, Tennessee tight, the 49ers. But on Christmas Day, we retreated to two games. Uh, the first game was at the legendary Lambert Field, sorry to say, Luke, as the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. won a thriller against the Cleveland Browns 24 mm. 22. I mean, this for me was a disaster for Baker Mayfield personally. I think that the Browns could have won this game. If he'd been good at the start, I think he ended the game, I want to say he mm. was three, he had two touchdowns, four interceptions, he was sacked five times and had 220 <sighs> yards. But that was actually more than Aaron Rodgers, who had 202, but he was way more efficient with three touchdowns, zero picks, and he became the all-time uh, pass- touchdown passes leader for the Packers, overtaking the legendary <sighs> Wet bath. <laughs> I can I can see Luke really
2: <laughs> hating I think I want to let Luke have first stab at this game. I'm gonna step well back. Yeah, I mean I just want to say for me, I think this game proved why Lan Rogers has be,
0: been the best callback this year, and he is one obviously easy one of the best callbacks of the, of the generation of all time, you could say. Uh I think that he was so efficient, he was never looked out of place, never looked in any trouble at all during this game. And he is everything that Baker Mayfield wishes he could be. He's consistent. He doesn't throw silly interceptions. He's just got a better arm, I think. Baker Mayfield wishes he could be him. In fact, he's more like a sober Johnny Manziel. But um, we'll we'll go to you, Luke, on this one. Um, Also, you're a Bears fan, so you obviously did not enjoy the Packers' win. But I want to get from you, Luke, Um, Putting the bias aside. um, Are the Packers the best team in the NFC? You know what? They're,
1: They're... I think I think Rogers is, is is certainly doing his um last season, uh at Green Bay. Whether whether it proves to be his last season or not, I don't know. But he's certainly going for it, isn't he? And um, I'm not completely convinced of the best side in the NFC, but I think they're the most efficient, and I think they've benefited from a division like ours at the moment, which has proven pretty chaotic, um, and and has given them you know, a bit of a leg up. And I, and I liken it to the, the situation in your division where I, I think that, you know, the, the Packs really benefited from a poor division. Um, and I think the Packers have done the same. So I don't necessarily think they're the best team in the NFC. I, I mean, I think the, the Rams are far better all, all round. By quite a distance. Um, but... I, Rod has been on bullet times, so that's the difference, you know, and, and I can say that as a Bears fan, by the way, like quarterback, and this is going to haunt me forever because Steve's going to keep playing this back to me forever, forever and ever and ever um, on a loop, but yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're a good team. They're probably maybe, this. Uh, I would say, the second-best team. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, I probably agree. I think for me, the round's for me the third best. I think that... um <laughs> Talent-wise, one of the best, but I think for me, it's Buccaneers, still the best team in the NFC, and I think that I can't see anyone but the Buccaneers. I think the Packers have been the best team this season in the NFC so far. I think they've been the most consistent, looking at Aaron Rodgers, missing a lot of his good players, like Bakhtiari's been missing most of the year, and he's still performing as well as he is um, with just one really good receiver, so... That's why I think they've been the best this season. But I think overall, I think the Buccaneers have the best team. And I think that they will, you know, come playoff time. They obviously got the experience from last year. They know how to win. And that's why the Buccaneers are the best team in the NFC, in my opinion. Um, But I'm hoping with the injury, because I, I like seeing different teams win every year. I don't like seeing the same teams win year after year. So I'm hoping that as long as it's not the Patriots, Buccaneers or Chiefs in the Super Bowl this year, I'm happy with that because um I've already seen... 60 bowls in my lifetime. So I think it's um, really good to see other teams doing well. And I'm hoping that the Packers do win. I think Rogers, the player he is, deserves to have way more than just one ring. He deserves to have, you know, at least three or four. And I think that, you know, looking at Ben Roethlisberger, he's been an excellent player in the NFL, but talent-wise, Rogers much higher. So I, and to have the fact that he's only got, he's got one NFC bowl ring for me is, is a crime for Rogers to say because he deserves to be, you know, in that conversation, which he is, but I think the rings will really help that. Um, Steve, do you agree? Um, who do you feel is the best team in the NFC right now?
2: Uh, it's an interesting one. Um, I, I'm i kind of with Luke in terms of how I feel towards the Rams, but I think the Rams have, whilst they do have some incredible offensive talent, the Rams have this tendency to, to take some teams for granted. Uh, otherwise, I think they would be sitting on 12 or 13 wins by now. Uh, there's a little bit of inconsistency there. Um, they have got, you know, in the NFC, the best defensive player in the league uh, in Aaron Donald. Uh, and Matthew Stafford has finally made that, that offense tick properly by having a proper pocket passer in there. But I was surprised to see here you say, you know what, Rodgers deserves more rings because he's, he's one of these players that should be in the top end. Because, you know, as a Dolphins fan you are a fan of the team that had arguably the best quarterback never to win a uh, Super Bowl. So no, it, 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 just being an amazing talent is no guarantee that you'll, uh, you'll get that Super Bowl ring. It takes a lot of things to come together at once. Um, personally, I think the Bucks have more, more experience and more squad depth. Um, but I do, I, I like the Rams. I like the Packers. I like the Packers' defense has improved this season. And I like that their run game has become a little bit less one-dimensional. Um, previously, it was just basically it was like Aaron Jones, Aaron yeah. Jones, Aaron Jones. Now you've got A.J. Dillon getting in there, breaking through a few. He's, he's being used a lot more as the goal lineback. Um, you're seeing a little bit more, you know, mix-up in the, in, in the field. Uh, obviously, you've got Devante Adams, who is, for me, probably one of the top three wide receivers in the league. But there's a lot more output this season from Alan Lazard, which is something I think everyone's been waiting on for a while. Um and then you've got, uh, you know, obviously old, old faithful Randall Cobb's come back. That's that's helped Rogers because he's got that kind of you know reliable ally in there, in the the, uh, the tank. Um, I think it's going to come down to depth and injuries. And at the moment, um, you know, there's a couple of key injuries for the Bucks that will possibly cost them the one seed. Um, but I think come playoff time, those players will be back. And I honestly can't yeah. I can't see past. If if that's how the, the draw takes them, I can't see past the Bucks and the Packers being the championship the, the NFC championship game.
0: Yeah, you know, it's
2: no disrespect so? to the Rams, but I just those two those two offenses um are just very, very difficult to keep down. And I don't as good as Aaron Donald is, I don't think the rest of that Rams team is is good enough to, you know. I mean, if I was to say to you, look, says I've I've got I'm in the last minute of Super Bowl, mm. I'm on fourth and goal, right? I'm six yards out. I need three, pick three quarterbacks, right, that you would say will get me a touchdown. And of those, you're going to say, who? Tom Brady? Aaron Rodgers? You're not going to say Matthew Stafford. And that's that's my reasoning for why. Matthew Rams, Stafford and Cooper Cup have got like a telepathic connection. Cooper cup I mean, thing. honestly. Yeah, I get that, but it's, it's not. Stafford doesn't, for me, have that clutch gene that you see in Rodgers and Brady. He just doesn't. And that's the difference between, you know, being a championship team and a Super Bowl winning team and being a team that Mm -hmm. wins your division year in, year out.
0: Yeah, to be fair, you look at Stafford's time in Detroit. I mean, I know he's had a lot of bad teams, but he did still have Calvin Johnson for the first few years of his career. So I think that people do often go on about the fact that Stafford is going from Detroit to the Rams. I think to an extent, he is obviously playing for a much better team all round. But I think in terms of the weapons, obviously he's got Cup, He had Woods, but not obviously for the rest of this season. But he still got Van Jefferson and Odell Beckham. But I think Safford still had the weapons in Detroit. But I think he had the defense. I let him down. But now he's got that defense at the Rams. You know, Aaron Donald, Jaden Ramsey, uh, all these great players on defense. Sean McVay, an excellent head coach, which he probably didn't have at all ever in Detroit. Um, so Von Miller, he has. He, I think when he's in Detroit, there's always that thing of, of his career, like. Or the thing to defend him was, oh, he's a good player, but he was always playing in a bad team. But now he's got no excuses in terms of um, trying to get championships because he's now got, for me, the one the, one of the best young coaches in the whole NFL, and he's got one of the best teams. So if he's gonna, if he's going to um, perform and get rings, he's in the perfect place to do it. Uh, but you mentioned before that. Um, Sort of taking teams for granted. One team that has done recently is the Cardinals, who took the Lions for granted last week. They lost once again to the Indianapolis Colts as they lost 22-16. Um, of course, last week we had um, George on Sports and UK Samo on the podcast, who are both Colts and Cardinals fans, so I was very intrigued to see how they how they felt about the game. But uh, once again, it was a interesting game for me because... Uh, once again, Carson Wentz only had 28 completions. We tw- had yeah, 225 yards, two touchdowns. Whereas Kyler Murray had one touchdown, zero picks. In terms of the rushing game, uh, once again, Jonathan Taylor uh, was was the standout player. He had 108 yards. Uh, I think that the stats said in the game that he's never they've never lost the game this season where Jonathan Taylor's ran for over 100 yards, and every game he hasn't ran for 100 yards, um, he, they haven't won the game. So I think for me, that's proof that Jonathan Taylor is the star of the show in Indianapolis. In terms of offence. I think if they're going to do anything in the playoffs, it's down to him, I think, really is. Because, you know, Derrick Henry is the same thing in the Titans, but they've got that, you know, that Tannehill play action, Julio Jones, AJ Brown. But Carson Wentz, Steve this. he's a good player, but he's not been the same since that injury. And I don't think they can rely on him in the playoffs. I think he'll do enough to win you games, but I don't think he'll be the reason why you win games. I think he'll win games for you and he'll have some sort of role in the playoffs, but I don't think he had enough for them to go further than the divisional round. I think he's going to be the problem for them in that sense. Uh But Jonathan Taylor, if I think we saw it with, with the Titans in the playoffs that if you can limit Derrick Henry, you can limit the Titans. And I think I fear for the Cult that we're going to see the exact same thing here. Uh But they did win in this game and I thought they were excellent. And I thought that, you know, the Cardinals... They've thankfully clinched the playoff spot, but this is a worry in terms of the playoffs for them because in playoff football, you have to be hitting form at the right time. You see a lot of teams have great starts to the year, come then 15, 16 weeks, 17, et cetera, their form dips, and then they go into the playoffs in really bad form and they get knocked out in the first point. So in terms of this game, I want to get your thoughts on this, um, in terms of um, from both teams. I want to get you, you guys' thoughts firstly on... Is the Cardinals form the worry and can they do anything in the playoffs and also the Colts? So, Steve, you mentioned teams taking teams for granted. Um, We saw that with the Cardinals last week with Lions. They lost once again uh, in a worrying thump for them as they lost 22-16 to the Indianapolis Colts who extend their win streak there with total to nine as they look to almost pretty much secure their spot in the playoffs this season. Um, In terms of the game itself, uh, Carson Wentz had... um, to 225 yards with two touchdowns, whereas Kyler Murray had 245 yards with one touchdown. But the star of the show was, of course, Jonathan Taylor, who had 108 yards. Uh, no touchdowns, but he had 108 yards, including a wonderful 40-yard run along the way. Um, in terms of this game, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because this game, I think they said on the stat they showed during the game was that the Colts have won all their games this year where the uh, Taylor has run for over 100 yards. And in every game he hasn't done so, they've lost. So this for me is a massive proof why the Colts, why Taylor is the main man for the Colts and why basically anything they're going to do this season will be through him. I think that defense is really good. People like Darius Leonard, uh, Devoris Buckner are excellent players on defense. Uh, Kenny Moore's the same thing. And I got an excellent head coach in Frank Riker. Steve will know. Uh, but in terms of offense, you know, you need to be good on both sides of the ball. Uh, this is where they're going to, if they're going to do well, we're down to him. But, I do worry personally about them personally just because I think Carson Wentz is a good player, but I don't think he is enough for them to go anything further than the divisional round. And then for the Cardinals, I want, I'm a bit worried about them because they've lost to the Lions, they've lost to the Colts, they lost uh, another game a few weeks ago as well. And it is worrying because teams have to, you know, if they want to do well, they often go into these last few weeks in good form and then hit the playoffs. And carry on, whereas a lot of teams will have a good start to the year, then they'll have a either a, a, a bye week in the playoffs or they'll have a, a worry, like a, a losses in the last few weeks, and then they'll go on and lose in their first round. So I want to get both of you your thoughts on uh, both teams. So I'll go to you first, Luke. Firstly, are you concerned about the Cardinals' slump or do you think it's just um, getting mistakes out of the way before the playoffs? And in terms of the Colts, how far do you see them going?
1: Yeah, the, the Cardinals actually, I think, is interesting. Um, I always felt that the Lions was going to be a bit of a trap game for them, and that kind of proved to be the case. Um, the Colts actually played pretty well against them. I don't think they can have any real complaints about it, but I, I, it is a little bit of a mini slump, but I suppose, like I kind of mentioned, I think it's uh, it's maybe better to get a slump out of the way before the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, and sort out all the, the kinks in the game. But if it, yeah, they're not going to do anything contention at all, even to get to the, the, the championship, you know, the championship game at all. I just don't see it. Um, but they're, they're a decent enough team. Uh, the Colts, on the other hand, well, they've got a bit of a tough challenge. They're, they're playing very well. I mean, you know, Wentz has, has done so well that, in fact, the Eagles have got another uh, first, first round draft pick, which Steve will be celebrating about. um <laughs> I, I probably against the expectations. I think I might have said that I thought he would actually do okay at the start of the in, in our initial podcast at the start of the season. I need to go back and check on that. But the Colts look oh, like a pretty good team. Find it. Yeah, yeah, let's go find it and find out. <laughs> um, I don't know if the Colts are in the conversation either for the FC. I think they, they, there's too many teams that are maybe slightly better than them, but I never say never. And, and I like what Frank Rife does. So who, who who actually knows what will happen there? Um
2: uh, Steve, are you going to be cheering on Wentz? No. I don't I don't know so much about chewing him on. I mean, as I say, he's played enough games now to guarantee us the first round pick. So so what he doesn't hear i a not too concerned with. But what, what surprises <laughs> me or what the coach remind me of is um if you recall a few seasons back, the the Broncos team that went on to win the Super Bowl, yeah. and it was one of those teams where it was like the offense was quite limited, you know. Um, I mean, Andy said earlier about how fantastic a running back Jonathan Taylor is, uh, and you're right, when, when Jonathan Taylor, when they get the run game going, the Colts are very, very hard to beat. But that that defense, you know, I mean, they got seven players named to the Pro Bowl, you know, and, and any time you come up against a team where you've got, you've got uh, Darius Leonard on one end and uh, the likes of, of Quentin Nelson, it, it just... It's a scary, scary team. Um, I said earlier, I thought Aaron Donald was probably the best defensive player in the league. I don't, I don't think Darius Leonard's far off that, to be honest. Um, and it, they're a team that they're not so much carried by that offense, they're carried by that defense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's stopping teams scoring against them. Um, I like what Vince does. He's, he's learned something or he's remembered something under Reich that he seemed to have forgotten in his last couple of years at Philly, which is that whole when to hold it and when to get rid of it. Um, I used to, you know, scream myself breathless, uh, you know, trying trying to get Vince to just release the ball after three, four seconds when it was clear if he didn't, he was going to get sacked. Uh, and he hasn't, he hasn't had that problem when he's at Indianapolis, possibly because he has a better offensive line in front of him, keeping him safe. But also I'm guessing Reich has kind of dream, drilled it into him. You know, if you don't see something, get it gone. And the Colts, like the Eagles this season, are a run-first offense um, and they they play well from when they're in front, but with that smothering defense behind them. So I can I can see the Colts actually being the dark horse this season, making it to the AFC Championship game. But it's who they play there that's the question. And I, if it's who I think it is, I just can't see them making the Super Bowl. Um, but you know they are the super mm-hmm. There and the good thing for the Colts, and I think there's a few teams at this. Uh, you know, in this conversation, but and goes to Andy's point earlier about momentum. Um, the cards had so much momentum early in the season, they came in hot, they, they ran the table, they just went went after went after win. And everyone looked at them mm-hmm. went, these guys are serious contenders, and then they got a couple of injuries. Um, you know, JJ Watt has provided leadership in the defense that they haven't had for the last couple of years, but and they've got DeAndre Hopkins, who has been out for a couple of games, and that's that's coincided with them kind of start to yeah. sink a little. Um, the running backs, Connor and uh oh god, what's the other one? Edmonds Edmund, yeah. They, between the yeah. two of them, they've been very, very good. But again, the last two, or three games, they've banged up. You know, uh Connor was out for one game, Edmonds was out for a game. They don't seem to have that one-two punch mm. available every game, and that's hurting them. Uh, and Kyle Murray is, you know, he's a small mobile quarterback, but the emphasis is on small. Um, and it, it's just all of it as a package. You know, you need to have all those players. You need to have Hopkins, Connor, Edmonds all fit. Mm. You need to have the defense mm. firing on all cylinders. And I'm still not convinced about the Cards' defense um, for them to make a deep playoff run. And when you like I say when you're going to be going up against mm. the Rams, the Bucks, um, and the Packers, I can't see it. I can't see them making the NFC Championship game.
0: Yeah, I think they will just for sure. But also, they got you know, look at um, I, I think. It's amazing that they won two or well, two or three games with Colt McCoy as a backup, but I think that the loss of John D. Hopkins is massive. I think that's probably the biggest loss they'll have. And I think it's just me too much. And I don't think it'll be down to their lack of ability. I think it will be more to do with the strength of the teams they play. I think you look at the Packers will be too strong for them, the Rams will be too strong for them, obviously the Buccaneers will be too strong for them. Mm-hmm. And I I personally feel even the Cowboys would be too strong. Uh, mm. They were excellent last night. They've been excellent uh, for most of the year. Trevon Diggs is mm. an amazing defensive player. Dax, you know, he's been not as good since the start, but he's still been good. Man, he's losing now. Good timing they're, they're losing to Newcastle. That's perfect. Um, but yeah, they, Dax looking good. CD Lamb, Amari Cooper. Oh, Ezekiel Elliott's looking somewhat back to his best. Tony Powell's been an excellent 2nd choice running back. We will mention the Cowboys later on, but I just feel that... They'll be too strong for the Cardinals as well. Uh, and I do think that they could potentially lose in, in the wild Card round. I do feel that they were such bad on mm. the form. I, d- I can't work out who they're going to play. I think they'd play, would it be the, who's the 4th seed? Would it be the Rams at the moment? Or was it the, I can't think who's 4th seed now. I know Packers number one, Cowboys number two. Mm. But yeah, Buccaneers still, it'd be Rams-Cardinals. I, I can see the Rams on their current form beating them. Mm. So um, mm. I think it'll be, you know, the Ravens a couple of years ago, they were 14-2 and two, and then they went on and obviously lost to the Titans in the first round. So uh, for me, it is worrying uh, for them. It was a shame because I think I always like seeing teams who never won it before do the business. So I'm hoping that this time they can do the job. So the, we now head to these Sunday games and one of the first games was the New York Jets getting their third win of the year. Um, as number two overall pick Zach Wilson beat number one overall pick Trevor Lawrence has his poor first season continues. The Los Angeles Rams, we mentioned before, they beat the Minnesota Vikings 30-23 to all but end the Vikings' hopes of the playoffs. And then the biggest shock of the weekend is the Houston Texans beat the Los Angeles Chargers 41-29, which massively helps the Miami Dolphins in their playoff end. But the mm. other game, wanting that looks a good shout for the playoffs is Steve's team, the Philadelphia Eagles. As they beat the New York Giants, which is more of a gimme these days, uh, thirty-four to <laughs> ten. Um, in this game, it was a not the best yardage from Jaden Hurst. He only got one hundred and ninety-nine. Only forty-five rushing yards from Miles Sanders, and only eighty yards from Devonta Smith. So, Steve, who would have watched this game more than I did because I only watched it on Red Zone. Um, first of all, what, how, do, what, were your thoughts on how the game went, and then also, um, do you think that you got you can make the playoffs?
2: So from from a how did the game go perspective? Um, by about half time, I was sitting thinking this is a repeat of the last game against the Giants, which we lost. Um, but I was so pleased to see that uh, that Sirianni made some serious adjustments at halftime, um, and we started coming back into it. Are you talking about Hertz not having like a, a huge amount of passing, a huge amount of, of uh, touchdowns, etc.? That's been Hertz all season. Hertz isn't. Um, he's he's a very mobile quarterback. He's a lot like Lamar. Um, he doesn't tend to uh make the big throws you know the 40 50 yarders he tends to um, make short throws dump off to his tight ends uh there's there's a lot of uh, yardage coming in for for secondary players like Quez Watkins um but more importantly and what's helped the, the eagles for the last for this run that's taken us to the verge of the wild card is we finally got it running on the ground again um, the reason Sanders didn't have big yardages, Sanders went down injured in the second half. Uh, he didn't play most of the second half. Um, up until that point, he'd been really effective. After that, Jordan Hubbard and Boston Scott came in, um, both of them. But Sanders is our main running back. But for the most part, the Eagles' running game this season has been running back by committee. All three of those guys mm-hmm. have put in serious shifts this year. Um, all three of them have got plenty of touchdowns to the name. Sanders has had a couple of big chunk plays. But for the most part, He's been, you know, you wouldn't class him as like an RB1. You wouldn't put, we talked earlier about Jonathan Taylor. You wouldn't talk about Miles Sanders in that same breath. Um, he's a guy who he'll be there or thereabouts for your team. He'll always be the top guy in your team, but he'll never be the kind of guy that's in the kind of the Pro Bowl reckoning in the, you know, when you're talking about top five running backs in the league or even in the, the division. Um, and that, that I think one of the things that really impressed me was um, you talk earlier about, uh, about Smith and um, he's, He's taken the pressure off a little in the last couple of games of Jalen Rager. Uh, now I haven't been very pleasant in what I've said about Jalen Rager. I have referred to him as Riggalor, given that his uh, <laughs> tendency to drop the ball. But uh, Devonta Smith's play has kind of taken that pressure away from from Rager. Um, So we're actually seeing a couple of pretty good plays from him now because he's he's covered a lot less. He's getting a little, he's, he's still running his routes very well. Um, yes, he still does feel sometimes like he's got hands made of cement, but. Um, If you watch the game, you'll see them Smith's toe tap um, for the second touchdown, and it is a thing of beauty. Um, It's one of those where you look at it and you just say that there should be no way on this earth he kept both feet in bounds for that, and yet he did. Um, It's a wonderful, wonderful touchdown. And the problem the Giants have is the Giants offensively, well, they're terrible. Um, They've got Jake from State Farm uh, quarterback or Mike Longneck-Lennon, neither of whom... I would even class as a third-string quarterback. And, uh, you know, when when they go behind and they're forced to start throwing the ball instead of running it, they've just got... They've got talent at wide receiver and they've got Evan Ingram, who I think is a very good tight end. But if they're forced to throw and throw deep, um, they just... They don't have a quarterback capable of doing it. They don't have a quarterback capable of leading a comeback when they're behind. Um, They need to keep the score low. They need to run the ball. They need to keep the ball on the ground. Uh, that's how they beat us when they played against them. Uh, that's how they won their, their few games this season. But the Giants, the Giants are awful. The Eagles have Washington next week. Um, now, having just watched the Cowboys trash Washington, um, I'm pretty <laughs> certain, or I'm pretty confident, rather, that we can go into next next week, win that game, and be sitting there, you know, at 9-8, eight, or 8-8, eight eight, or, or, sorry, 9-7, you know, going into that final weekend with a shot at the wild card. And the teams around us, you know, the the Vikings, the Niners, they're not looking looking playoff contenders. They don't seem to be coming into form at the right time the way we are. My only concern is the number one seed in the NFC. Now, if we get to the last week and Dallas are still looking to secure the number one and number two seed, get get themselves a a bye week or home field advantage, they will put a full-strength team against us. If they've already secured it, which I think they might, because I do see, um, I do see some of the, I see the Packers and the Cowboys maybe taking the one and two seeds. Also, uh, I see the Packers and the, um, the Bucks taking the one and two seeds, and the Cowboys kind of uh, going into the last week with nothing really to play for and resting a few players to go into the playoffs. Uh, if that happens, I'm, I would be very confident of us, just because of the rivalry and the way we tend to play against the Cowboys in final week games. Of getting that, you know, that tenth win and just eking in as the number six seed. My big question then is, can we beat anybody in the wild card? I had this then as a tanking and rebuilding season. So if we get there, I'll take that. I don't. What goes beyond that, mm. I don't care. Mm. You know, I'll, mm. I'll look at that. I'll say if that's a successful season for the Eagles, just to make the wild card.
0: Yeah, and when I know. I'm going back to the Cowboys now. I mentioned before about them beating the. Being one of the best teams and you seem to wince on the camera Steve <laughs> I, I, you're, you're disgust um, one of the
2: things about the, the Eagles this season is pe- people commented on the start of the season that the Eagles had on paper one of the, the easiest strength of schedules in the league um, mm-hmm. and the Cowboys to me also had a very very easy um, strength of schedule and I don't think they've played teams that really will test them yet, um, they've got some, some good wins here and there but, you know the the teams that they would play when they get to the postseason, and most importantly, the Dallas mentality when they get to the postseason. I still don't see it has changed an awful lot. It's still that whole weed end boys, you know, we can be everybody, we can be everybody, and then they come up against truly really quality sides and they get stuffed. Um, that, and yes. I may I may have celebrated quite a lot a few weeks back when they got stuffed by the Broncos. <laughs> that was that was one of the most entertaining games of the season for me. But that's the thing. The Broncos, they don't have an elite defense, but they have a good solid defense. And they have for me uh, the defensive rookie of the year and Patrick Surtain. Uh although do you reckon, uh, suspect, over, over
0: Michael Parsons.
2: Well, uh, over Michael Parsons, yeah. Uh, or over some guy at Cowboys called Trevon Deggs, who I don't want to talk about. <laughs> you know. um, but yeah, I I do I do think that um the Cowboys, they have a, a decent offence, but they don't have an offence that when you put them up against the top defences in the league will overpower them, and I think that will be the failing in the, uh, when they come to the playoffs.
0: To be fair, to your point, looking at their schedule now, they lost also a very competitive game against the Buccaneers in week one, lost by two points, but they've beaten the Chargers. get a Good result, they beat you guys. Um, they beat, Wait, they beat-, they beat
2: the Chargers. Didn't we just say the Texans beat the Chargers? Good point. The, the Chargers they, are a hot, sticky mess. Is what they are. You have no well, idea what's dropping the Chargers each week.
0: <laughs> the past night they beat the Panthers, who all bit with three zero at the time. They beat the Giants. They beat the Patriots, who were the Patriots we've seen recently. They're still in the early stages of their season. You haven't
2: mentioned a contender yet. What's that? You haven't they lost to the Bucks? That's the only contender team that they played against. Yeah, I mean, everyone you've mentioned so far are teams that yeah, are genuinely not in the hunt.
0: I mean, they play, they lost to the Broncos, they beat the Falcons. I mean, who hasn't beaten the Falcons? I mean, I know no, we didn't. Uh, they, they the, the V, the
2: Panthers, the Chargers. This yeah, is like an a to Z of who do I want as an easy game?
0: Yeah, I mean, they've played, they, they got the, ca- the Cardinals next thing, that's a big test for them, but um, yeah, I still think that even though they've played no one good yet, I still think that. I still have my question marks over Dak in big games, but I do think that they've they've got a good team. But I think if they're gonna lose, it's not down to Dak, it's not down to their defense. The reason they will lose in the playoffs is down to one man and one man only. And that is the worst manager of head coach I've seen at clock management is Mike McCarthy. He'll be the reason why they lose games. I think he is I think that is making him look good. I don't think he's out there because clock management is terrible. Uh, and I, I don't to rate him at all. So I think he'll be the reason why there'll be a, a fourth quarter decision, you know. When they're when, when they're losing by, you know, five six points, they're going for a touchdown, and he'll call. T- he'll take too long to take a timeout, and they'll they won't get enough time. That's what I
2: think will happen in the playoffs. Um, I'm surprised to hear Luke laughing at the mention of Mike McCarthy because I'm pretty sure he's been on the receiving end of a few Mike McCarthy pastings things over the years, and he's not yeah. a big fan of them. Again,
0: not Mike McCarthy. Aaron Rodgers pacing that. I still don't believe that he was. Yeah. Any, he was any had any factor in them winning Super Bowl. I think. That, that, that team was team with Donald Driver, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams later on. I think that team should have won way more Super Bowls than they did. And he's probably the reason why, because he's just a terrible head coach. Mm. I don't know how he got the Dallas job in the first place, personally. Um, but the other games on at six o'clock, talking of good head coaches, there was two on display as the New England Patriots lost 30, 33-21 to their AFC East rivals the Buffalo Bills, who now lead the AFC East. They both have nine wins. It's a, big, very, a very, very exciting end to the season in the AFC East. Obviously, if we win, we'll be one win behind, but we've still got the tiebreaker loss over the Bills. So, in terms of this game, I want to get your thoughts, not necessarily on the game, but more in terms of the AFC East, um, I think it's between them two they've both got very easy end of season, to schedule, both of them have very easy teams um, <clears throat> Do you boys see the Bills going all the way to the winning the AFC East or can you still see the Patriots nicking that
1: number one spot in the AFC East We'll go to you first Luke, what do you think?
2: I think it's good,
1: I think it was credit to, to Bill Belichick actually for, you know tanking for one season and then turning them into, into a team that are divisional contenders. That's quite impressive, especially given that they don't really have a particularly great roster, but Matt Jones has done amazing stuff. They've to craft the scheme exactly for him that suits his strengths, and it's been great to see that, actually, as a rookie QB. But the Bills are, by far and away, the best team in that division. They should clinch it, no problem. Uh, I, I'm... Kind of surprised that they've made heavy weather of it until now because they should have really been walking away with it in all uh, Because they are a good team. That, that is a bit of a punch in the face for you, Andy. Um, you know, I, actually, very,
0: I actually don't mind the Bills
1: and all that, but they're all round a good team. Mm.
0: I don't, mm. actually, I don't mind the Bills. I don't mind the Bills. I mean, I don't, I don't love them, but I don't mind them. They're the, they're the best, they're the yeah. worst of three evils. I think, obviously, the Jets and Pages, I can't stand. But I yeah. actually, yeah, I find that for me, ever since I watched Jim Kelly's A Football Life, you just you just can't hate. Jim totally, such totally an inspirational story, and I think that that's why I've always <laughs> never really truly hated the Bills. But um, and also we've never really been, you know, during my lifetime, we've always been they they were bad for the first five six years of my my life watching NFL, they were terrible, and then as as they've been good. We've been nowhere near them really. So also the Patriots, you hate because they won. I hate because they won year after year. They're they're, they're the Patriots, but. So far I just can't hate the Bills, but not saying I love them, but um yeah, I, I wouldn't be against them, I wouldn't be, you know, unhappy if they went on and what won the whole thing. I think it'd be good. I think that city is such a great fan base. You can't really I personally couldn't really hate it if they won it. But um i said, well, see my dolphins win it, but I think there's more chance of pigs flying than that happening, personally. the He can Buccaneers won the NFC South for the first time since 2007, as they thrashed the the Panthers 32-6, a game that Real Madrid's Vinicius Junior was at. Um, And in other games, the Atlanta Falcons beat the Detroit Lions in 2016. The Falcons almost did a Falcons, and they almost blew that lead. Um, when I think it was an interception or fumble, something like that from the Falcons, almost let the Lions back into it. But then the Falcons got a late interception to win the game uh, as they clinch onto their very slim playoff hopes. Um, and then next game, we were treated to a snow game at the nine o'clock state as Luke Chicago Bears beat the Seattle Seahawks 25-24 in an incredible game. I saw an incredible ending as... uh got a Jimmy Graham, and then Nick Foles, the callback who came back in for this game, through a two-point conversion to win the game right at the end. So, Luke, also you guys can't make the playoffs now. It's mathematically impossible, but how good was
1: the win? I, I'm happy to take a win anyway, but it was cracking to see a win, especially in a snow game. Especially in a snow game, because that was that was a lot of fun. And and I watched the whole 40 minutes. Um you know what? Fools wasn't actually anything special in the game. He kind of you know, it didn't really come alive until the the sort of last, you know, the last drive really, but you know what, I'll I'll take a win and I'll take a two-pointer win at the end as well, come on, come on, it was just, it was nice to see, it was nice, you know, and I thought Montgomery, um, you know, did a lot of hard running actually, and I liked that a lot, I think that's what you need to see really from a Bears team, is is really a lot of hard running, you know, really pound it.
0: Yeah, I mean, what, what are your views of the Bears fan on on Matt Nagy? I think, it's, the rumours are, it seems pretty clear that they're going to let him go. I think it's all but certain they're going to fire him at the end of the year. Um, so, first of all, would you get rid of him? And if so, which I imagine you would, um, who would you want to see uh, as your replacement head coach?
1: Well, I definitely would get rid of him. I think he's done. I think he's been a dead man walking for a while. Um, I'm getting all sorts of stick for my uh, my sound here and the microphone. Sorry about that.
0: Um, and yeah, I'll say that for any that any football fans, your your sound is like listening to Sean Dyke's throat. It's it's, it's not
1: <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, uh, I think that uh, he's gotta go, you know what I mean? And I think uh, right place as well. He's a dead man walking, is he? Um that's my terrible um impression. Good. Um, yeah. Pace has got to go as well actually, to be fair, yeah. so I think I think between the pair of them, they're uh, done. I'll be interested to see who they decide to bring in as the, the head coach, I don't, I kind of haven't really had much time to really give it a lot of thought about who I'd like to see as my new head coach. So I'll just be interested to see who gets linked with it from then, so of maybe we'll wind up from there. And then
0: also in terms of how the season's gone, obviously you guys, the big headline in the off-season was the drafting of Ohio State Justin Fields, the young quarterback. Yes. Um, how have you felt his rookie year's gone so far? Hmm. Up and down,
1: but I think he's I think he's progressed as the season's gone. Um, I, I, I think you can see flashes of why they drafted him, actually, because he, he's very mobile. And... Um, he has suffered a lot from rookie syndrome, where he, you know, he, he gets rushed into making shocking decisions. But actually, overall, I think he's going to be brilliant, and I think next year you'll see the better, the best of him. I, I don't think the scheme's actually been that good for him this year. I think that that Nashie should have done a lot more to, to really help him with that, and um, and I don't think they did him a lot of favors in all honesty. But I think next year you'll definitely see why they drafted him, and I think he's going to be a real, you know, proper proper success story for the Bears and I think we've needed that for a long time you know don't forget we had Mike Lennon as our top guy and and actually this time last year you know we didn't even know we didn't even know we were going to get Andy Dalton as (laughs) a potential starter for a few months so I mean come on we we need some good news here don't we that's that's all I'm saying I mean (laughs) I've I've watched NFL for six
0: years now and I think Mike Lennon is probably the worst callback I've seen in the NFL he is really a this of it's, it's him or Nate Peterman. Hold, I, I think. hold, hold.
2: You, you can't... No, you cannot tell me there's a better quarterback a worse than Nathan Peterman. That's impossible. The statistics just will never bear Peterman that. Out. Nobody has shown as many interceptions in a single quarter as Peterman. No one. <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, probably Peterman, but I think Glenn's had more had more game time. I think that's... I think Peterman had that one game we've not really seen since, but we've seen Glenn in a handful of times and every time I've seen him play, he's just been terrible. So... Uh, but yeah, it probably is Nate Peterman. Um The final
2: lot There game must well. be something about Glennon, though, because he's gone through what six, seven teams now.
0: Yeah,
2: and he just keeps getting picked up. <laughs> <So> maybe maybe <laughs> it's just it's that you know that telescopic net that lets him see over the offensive line. Who knows? But
0: you know, God, he's pretty really amazing. <laughs>
2: um,
0: yeah, the games. Oh, so he's, he's got a happy. great agent. God, yeah, it's like it's like um, German- Hideon forbear joined Madrid from West Ham all those years ago on the loan yeah, spell. Yeah, it just feels yeah. like the ages. Thomas, be...
2: Thomas Gravison joining Real Madrid. I yeah, that
0: yeah. That, again, <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Um, even Stephen Corker getting a job up front for Liverpool. That was that was pretty strange. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Las Vegas Raiders beat the Denver Broncos 17-13 to keep their play hope playoff hopes alive, and the Kansas City Chiefs were crowned AFC South AFC West champions for the sixth time in a row as they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 36-10 in what seems like Ben Roethlisberger last season in the NFL. And we mentioned it before, the Dallas Cowboys thrashed the Washington football team 56-14. But the final game I want to talk about is one I've had the most excitement over, as the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Baltimore Ravens 41-21. Now, this was the highlight of the show with, of course, Joe Burrow. He threw for the third most passing yards in any game. In this game with uh, 525 yards, four touchdowns, zero picks. He was sacked three times, but he still had an amazing, amazing game. Um, obviously, rushing yards wasn't the best from, but the best was 65 yards from Joe Mixon. The, um, the best receiving yards was T. Higgins with 194. Jamar Chase and Mark Andrews both had 125 yards as Chase continues his attempts to get offensive rookie of the year. And then defensively, it was, uh, there was four sacks in this game. Trey Hendrickson, continues to get another sack I think it's an 11th game fourth game in a row with a sack I think Tony Jefferson Broderick Washington and Isaiah Mack all got sacks as well um but yeah in terms of this game I thought the Bengals they've been they've been inconsistent the whole year but I thought they were excellent in this game uh, albeit against a Ravens side without Tyler Hatton or mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson
2: uh but Steve you wanted to talk about this game yeah, so I have some friends that are Ravens fans. Now, I knew about this one 24 hours in advance that this was going to be a walkover. In fact, I knew about it so much, so much I put money on not only the Bengals to win, but the Bengals to beat the spread, which was 13.5. Yeah. Now, it, the news kind of broke overnight that the, uh, basically the, the Ravens' entire secondary was gone. Um, you were effectively... I think they had one starter out there, and everybody else in that secondary was a third or fourth string guy, practice squad guys, guys that have been signed up on, like, you know, one-day contracts, that kind of thing. Um, this was not the Ravens that we will see um, if and when they do get fit. And, and let's be honest, no team in the league has been hit by injury nearly as badly as the Ravens. I don't think they've had a single week this season where they've put out a full-string team on both offense and defense. Um, and obviously, no Lamar Jackson, no Tyler Huntley, the uh, third-string quarterback in there. They, they just The Ravens were there before that game even started. Um, and part of the reason, as you say, that Burrow went, let's go deep, let's go chasing things, they knew that was third and fourth choice guys. And up against the likes of, of Jamar Chase, who has been undoubtedly one of the, the stars of offensively of, of the season. Um, and, and T Higgins, who in his second season, is really starting to pick up. I had some doubts of him after the first year. Um, but I think that was more to do with the fact with Burrow out, we never really saw the best of him because you didn't have a good quarterback under center. Um, but I think this season you're seeing both of them step up. this is tremendous. No, no one mentions a lot. Uh, Joe Mixon obviously is having a great season, one of his best seasons stat wise in his career. But no one mentions the the pickup of uh, of, of CJ Ozoma at tight end, who has probably been you know that that difference maker for them in three four games this season. Um, you know, you're not going to talk about them in terms of your top three tight ends, but that that one guy that kind of makes the difference always gives the out ball to the young quarterback. He's been there. He's been that guy. And there's balance on the the Bengals' offense. Um, And it was only going to take one game where they came up against a depleted or really weak defense for you to see, you know, that properly shine through. Um, I feel sorry for the Ravens because obviously they, they went out there and they tried to make a game of it. But when you've got pretty much no secondary... Uh, all you can do is just constantly pass rush and hope you get to borrow before he gets the ball off. And obviously they did work that one out probably by the end of the first quarter. Um, and I, I think, you know, the Bengals were, were out of sight. I thought when they were they were three scores up, I thought they'd start to ease off. And I was wrong. <laughs> they obviously wanted to kind of send a <laughs> message there. Um, you know, saying, like, you know, we're, we're still in this. We, you know, we're capable of, of, you know, getting into that wild card, capable of winning, uh, winning something this season. And I think for Burrow, mm. Burrow in particular, um, it's really, really good to see a quarterback come back. from like a, You know, a, he had a season-ending injury in his rookie year. Um, people weren't entirely sure how good he'd be when he came back. But in, in a single game, yes, against third and fourth choice stringers, but um, he, he just looked so composed in the face of a, a constant pass rush. Um, I'm really pleased for him. I'm genuinely pleased for the Bengals. And the Bengals are one of those teams that I grew up with Boomer and being in, in you know, uh, being under centre for them. And Burrow has, he has a little bit of that swagger about him that Boomer had in his, in his, in his heyday. Uh, and I really, I genuinely wish the guy, I wish the team well. It's a team I, I quite like. It's not a second team of mine, but it's definitely one I enjoy watching.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think Flemming has had an excellent season and Trey Hendrickson has been an amazing addition on defence. Yeah. 13 and a half sacks last year. There was concerns that he only played well because he's on a contract year, but he's come in and had an amazing season. 14 sacks already, uh, 34 combined tackles, 25 quarterback hits, um, and three false fumbles. I think he also has been a massive difference maker on that defence. He's just uh, made them an actual force on defence, and and he is just someone I'm a massive, massive fan on. But in terms of this, I'm looking at the last two games, both the Bengals and the Ravens. they both got hard ends. Um, The Ravens the last two games are the Los Angeles Rams and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Bengals' last two games are the Chiefs and the Browns. So it's interesting to see who will take that AFC North. Obviously, the Steelers and Browns aren't too far back as well. Personally, I feel the Bengals are going to take it just because of the Ravens' injury problems. Um, but do you boys agree, or do you think there's anyone else that could take the AFC North?
2: There is no way in my mind that the Steelers can win that division. No, no way on this. No effort. chance.
1: There's, no there chance.
2: are certain... There's, there's an attitude problem at the Steelers, um, and it's a kind of for example they were getting pounded out this week. I mean they, they lost by a truckload to the Chiefs, yeah, and yet still mm. you know the defense. I think they they had one big take one big uh, block on like fourth down where they they swatted away a, a potential touchdown, and they you know it was like the I can't remember who the defensive back was, um, but he basically he stood in the end zone dancing and singing and everything else, and I'm like mm. you're thirty points down. Right, this is not the point to be sitting there mugging to the camera. You're getting hammered. You know, maybe if you had that intensity for the rest of the game, you wouldn't be thirty points down. And that that culture is there at the uh, mm, yeah. at the Steelers. They don't have anyone in the locker room anymore to really stamp out that kind of party boy attitude. We talked earlier this season about how Chase Claypool um, pretty much cost them a game earlier in the season by just not. Mm. No, not you know. He got the ball. It's so like the thirty seconds to go. Instead of like rushing to the center, getting the ball down, getting another playoff, he had to stand there, do his pose, make his point to the to show he got his first down. And it's like that kind of mentality just goes through the team. Yeah. Um. And I, I, you know, I think someone said it beautifully, beautifully. Said, next year, I've already decided I'm going to hate whoever the Steelers draft at wide receiver because they just seem to draft people who are genuine assholes.
0: Yeah, we look at their history. You'll see they had. Have- Juju smith booster who was obviously big last year, headlines in terms of the TikTok stuff. I mean, you can call them TikTok stealers now, can you? Really, they, they seem to love that kind of stuff. And obviously, Chase Capel, someone I really can't stand. And same as Juju, I think they're both just massive dealers. Look, even back there when Le'Veon Bell and Tony Brown, I mean, both of them have had, had mm-hmm. their personality issues in recent it's years. All about
2: so. ego. All about ego.
0: Exactly, and I think that's. I, I think, think. I think you know. I think last year when the Buccaneers, you know, when they got Antonio Brown, there was obviously, Mm. you know, big talk of that being affected. I think they lost their first game when he started, but Antonio Brown, certainly last year, seemed to really mature because of Tom Brady, and Tom Brady really seemed to Mm. nurture him and take him under his wing and really help him, and he seemed to, obviously, he he reaped the benefits because he scored a touchdown against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but, and obviously, he's been back in headlines this year again for the wrong reasons, but... I don't know whether Ben Roethlisberger. I think Ben Roethlisberger has a bit of an ego as well, and I feel that he is just maybe not the best callback to um, sort of learn from. I think you know people like Patrick Mahomes, um, Tom Brady, even, even Joe Burrow. People like that seem to have seem to be quite respectable figures, and they seem to be quite sort of level headed. Don't seem to be too much about the flashiness stuff. And I think that Ben Roethlisberger, he, well, he isn't flash, but I think he's certainly not exactly. The Most friendly guy in the world, I think. I, I think he's had a few problems in the past, but um, but yeah, I, I think that the Bengals, I think with their team, they got a young team, Jesse Bates, a safety, uh, they've got Trey Hendrickson now, they've got Chase, they've got um, Joe Mixon, you've got Tyler Boyd, you've got T Higgins and Joe Burrow, of course, and Zach Taylor, a young head coach. I think they're what where they are now, they're primed in positions mm. to go and maybe challenge for a few more AFC North in the next few years, a bit like their days under. Um, you saw I forgot the, the guy's name now. Marvin, the head coach he had for years when they had him in charge. Marvin Jones, yeah, yeah. The, the the head coach had for years. And I think that um, you know, the, the head coach they had, I can't, yeah, whatever his name was, um, they seemed to have every year challenge for the time. I think they're back to those days. I think they're even better than that team in the early 2010s. Personally, and I think they could easily make a run at the Super Bowl in the future. But Steve, you, you had a point to make.
2: Just want to get a final question to you guys. Said, we're talking about Steelers now. Uh, I think it's generally accepted this is like Roethlisberger's retirement um, tour. What do they do uh, at the end of the season? Do they go big and do they draft first of the top quarterback, or do they go out this season and say right we will trade away picks to get an, ex- an existing you know quarterback within the league that can that can lead the franchise? Do they take on a rebuild? Do they tank next year? Um, because they they're just they're at that kind of crossroads where they still have Mike Tomlin. I mean, personally, I hate the Steelers, but Mike Tomlin, I, he's one of the most respected coaches in the league, um, and he, he's a guy I have so much time for. It's a pity that he coaches a horrible franchise. Um, but Do they go out and do, do they draft, or do they go out and trade? Because I think next season is going to be more important for them than, than this year.
0: I think they'll trade. I think they'll either go free agency and get an experienced quarterback or they'll trade. Because I think mm. the quarterback draft isn't the best this year. I mean, Spencer Rattler's had his ethos; He's not going for the draft. But I haven't seen... I've looked at a few highlights of quarterbacks. None of them seem to accept He I mean, seems to be more defensive-heavy draft this year. It seems to be the top prospect mm. Mm. on defense. So I think they cannot rely on people like Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins. So I feel they'll go... For, even if it's someone like... Even someone like Jimmy Garoppolo. Even someone like... I don't think you asked but like obviously Russell Wilson and Rodgers are the main two. Yeah. I think they'll try and get those two. Mike yeah. Tomlin hasn't got a losing record so far in the NFL. They're a franchise built on history. They're obviously tied with the Patriots for the most ever Super Bowls. they team that they don't want to rebuild. They don't want to tank. They want to, you know, they
1: no, want they to, want to trade to get the new guy, yeah. don't they? And I don't, that's I why don't I, see them
2: take I, I see them taking Wilson. I see. I mean the the, the Tomlin style with Roselsburg in the center, they've always had like a, a not particularly mobile pocket passer. Yeah. And I think that's the style of, of quarterback they need to look at. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them pick up Foles' contract, actually. Maybe not as the starter, but bring mm. him in and then bring in like a you know a second or third year quarterback. Um, or they trade for somewhere else. Mm. Um, and, and use Foles as the kind of guide uh to to teach them how to be more of a pocket passer and less of a Kind of running mm-hmm. about the place like a headless chicken. Yeah. Um, I hate to say this because his consistency has been really, really bad. But I, I have seen flashes this season from Sam Donald at the Panthers that said, "Oh no no, 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 no,
0: no, no."
2: <laughs> stay in the pocket, <laughs> and if he had better coaching, you know, he could actually be a decent quarterback. Um, mm. Unfortunately, the, cut, the the the, Panthers are just an absolute hot mess, and it didn't matter who you put in the center this year; they were going to get battered.
0: I don't know. I, I I don't rate Sam Donald whatsoever, but I I I think Percy Russell Wilson will. I think one of him and I said before in the previous podcast. I think it will be either him or Cowell, and I think Cowell will get fired more than Russell Wilson will get traded. So I think maybe he may yeah. stay there. And he may he may have like a lease of life under a new coach. So in terms of I think Aaron Rodgers. I th- I, I I don't know if he wins Super Bowl with the Packers. Maybe he'll leave on a high. Maybe he'll sort of. That'll be it, he'll be thinking, you know, I'm gonna end on a high at the Packers or even the NFL in general. Apart from that, I'm trying to think who else is free. I mean, let's take <laughs> over I'm Fitzpatrick. No, they wouldn't do that. Um, here's
2: here's one for you. Here's one for you. You may go for Jimmy his, G. His, assuming it's past his court cases. What about the Sean Watson?
0: Get, get him to Miami. Well, if that's done, get him to Miami. But um, I think there'll be a lot of teams that want him. I think that the Texans their standards is getting less and less in terms of what they want from him. So I think, I next think year. Taking,
2: taking quarterbacks that have questionable records with regards to women is a very very Steelers thing I think he'd be a perfect fit
0: yeah that is something yeah that, was, well, that, was, that thing was before my time really that whole court thing with him but um, but yeah doesn't sound great um, but f- our final topic of the day I want to get your boys thoughts on two matters the first one is your MVP vote now personally mine was always Tom Brady Ooh. until about two, about a month ago but for me, I think you, callback wise, you could probably argue Aaron Rodgers, but I'm going with Jonathan Taylor. I think the, the name is MVP. And I think he is so vital to that team, and I, I think personally, been, I think Rogers has been good, but I think there's not been, you know, an outstanding quarterback like Mahomes two years ago, like Lamar Jackson and stuff mm. like that. I don't think there's been like that clear, like even Rogers last year, that clear outstanding quarterback has been head and shoulders above the rest. Um, I think I think Derek Henry would have been with a shout if he would stayed fit, but I. My vote personally goes to Jonathan Taylor, Uh, but we'll go to you first, Luke. Who is your MVP? If you were one of the people working for NFL Network or Fox or CBS, whatever, and you had a vote, who would you pick as your MVP
1: and why? I'd go with Cooper Cup, actually, because I think Cooper Cup has been absolutely outstanding this year. I think he's a great shout. I think the connection he's had with Stafford has been unbelievable, and some of the catches he's made has been amazing. but, But I think Jonathan Taylor runs them very close, in all honesty. I really do. Um, I, th- I think in my mind it's between the two of them but I would I would go with Cooper Cup just because I think he's been consistent but he's taken his game to another level this year um, and I think it's kind of shown the difference um, having a good quarterback instead of uh, Jared Goff thrown to you um, so that he'd be my vote for sure And then Steve
0: who would your vote go for?
2: Uh, I, well, I think Luke's just kind of brought up both my, my contenders. I mean, people talking, you know, about Brady and and Rogers, and of the two, Brady would be for me. Brady would be the one that, that would get it on the basis. Of Brady Brady's hmm. season this year statistically was probably one of the finest in his careers. He's broken so many records, um, not just like nationally, really but you know, league records, franchise records, everything. Uh, he has had probably one of the best seasons of his career, but, um. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and look at on this. I, I want Cooper Cup to win it. Cooper Cup is currently, if he he keeps his current um, progress going, on course to be a two thousand yard receiver. Wow. Right. Wow. That hasn't been done since Megatron played. Right. That is absolutely astonishing for a guy that everyone two years ago thought was like the number three guy in LA. You know he's just developed year on year on year. Uh, he's finally got the pocket passer. He runs his he he runs his routes as well as anybody else in the league, um, and he's he's got. I mean, I talked to a lot about you know Reagan Regal having hands of stone. Um, Cooper Cup's got hands made of jelly. They catch everything It just sticks. He's just perfect. He's the perfect <laughs> wideout. I think Justin Jefferson's the only guy that runs in close in terms of you know that ability. It's like when you target him and you get that ball to him, it's a catch and not a drop. Um, but yeah, I just I if Cup. If Cup breaks 2,000 yards, it's an absolutely nailed on for me that he should be getting the MVP. But yeah, yeah. if he doesn't, I'll take Brady over Taylor purely because running backs are not very fashionable. They never win it.
0: Yeah, that, that's the problem. It's been callbacks. last non-callback non to win it was Adrian Peterson back in 2012, 2013, something like that. So yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. We have only got three minutes left on our timer, but a quick final question for all of you. What is your... February, your Super Bowl 56 matchup. We'll go to you Luke. first, Luke. Again, Chiefs Bucks. Again, yeah, that's my that's my pick as well. I've been saying it all year, I'm not changing my stance. Chiefs no. Bucks, repeat of last
2: year, Steve. Yeah, Chiefs Packers. Oh, I can't we'll see go past go. The, Chiefs. the Chiefs have just come across. You're dead to me, Steve. You're dead to me. That beautiful kind of streak of form <laughs> at exactly the right time. Packers, all the controversy over uh, Rodgers this year. He's just he's gonna just do what what you know. He's gonna do it not just because he wants a ring. He's gonna do it to annoy the Packers to mm. show them he is the franchise. You know they are they they, they messed him about. They, they drafted you know a, a first ring quarterback last year without even you know talking to him about it. Um, he is gonna go out this season. He's gonna win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. Ooh. And he's gonna do it to spite the Packers and then he's gonna retire.
0: Yeah, I, I wouldn't surprise you if he does that. That will not be a shock. And with Mahomes, I think he had such a good start to the year. I think he maybe thought he had to be too much like Mah- too much Mahomes. I think now he's sort of making more um sort of he's mm. more methodical, he's making more simpler, more straightforward passes. And I think he's not going for those Hollywood passes that we've seen in the past. He's not gone for the those spectacular plays we've seen in the past, but I think he's more clinical. He's more methodical. He's he's just more efficient in what he's doing. I think it's working wonders for um, the Chiefs. But that does conclude our podcast for this week. Um, obviously, we're all three of us are from the Hair drive Treatment podcast. We are back in the new year for more podcasts. So do check out that on all Apple podcasts and all Spotify podcast platforms. But that has been our week 16 review on the Euro Trips Across the Pod podcast. I've been your host, Andy. This has been Luke. This has been Steve. And we'll see you next week.
2: Bye. Cheers, guys.